0: Well, good morning. Welcome to Word live Ministries this morning. As you can see, we're in a different setting today. We had some difficulties with our building this morning, and so therefore we decided that we would that we would uh, we would do things a little differently this morning. And I would actually get to speak to you and minister to you right here from my office from my desk, which I'm pretty excited about. Well, um, welcome. And we thank God for you. We thank you uh, for joining us us this morning. And uh, I hope you're you're excited. You have an expectation to hear from God as the Holy Spirit ministers not only to you but to me, uh, and that we would both uh, be edified and and you know built up in the things of God, and that and that. We'll, we'll receive today a faith-producing message, amen, amen. What, where, where our faith would, would be constantly being developed, is being developed, so that we can live according to God's plan, uh, uh, you know, through the redemptive work of Jesus Christ, that we would live what was produced or what was given to us through the redemptive uh, work of Jesus Christ. Well I'll tell you and, and we received a lot. I'm telling you we we actually have new life as the scripture tells us. We have new life. Alright, we were we we were once dead, but now we are alive unto God as his children today. We have his life and we have his we have his nature. You know, sometimes I'll get to talking to people and sharing the word of God with them and and you know and they're believers they believe in, the, in Jesus Christ, in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. But sometimes we just get stuck there and we don't really understand what actually took place mm. through his death, mm. burial, and his resurrection. And so, where do we find out about these things? In God's Word. Amen. So, the first thing we have to realize is the integrity uh, of the Word of God. You see, the Word declares many things to us, but probably one of the most important things that it declares, uh, it declares itself to be a revelation from God to us. Let me say it again. The Word declares to be a revelation from God to us. In other words, God's not holding anything back from us. He gave us everything... When he gave us his son Jesus Christ. Everything. He gave us everything. Remember John, first John, I'm sorry, the book of John, John three, sixteen, it said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, and whosoever should believe in him should not perish, but would have everlasting life everlasting life. And then it talks about how how Jesus didn't come in the world to condemn the world, but through Him the world might be saved. You know Jesus' name. The name Jesus means Lord of salvation. He came to do a saving work. He came to save you and I. uh, And save us from what? Well, we're going to talk about some of those things as we go on. But we have to understand that the Word of God itself declares to be a revelation from God to us. It's God speaking to us past, future, but so importantly even now. You know, most people say past, present, future. But well, we can look in the Word and we can find that in the past. And then we look in, and then we we'll, we'll say, okay, this is what's going to happen in the future. But well, what about now? Well, even now. Why? Because His Word is eternal. And eternity is past, present, and future. Glory to God. Past, future, and everything in between. Glory to God. We have the eternal Word of God. We have God's eternal life on the inside of us. Okay? We have to understand God wants us to know that His Word... Is God breathed? Is He Himself speaking? It is God and dwelt. He is in His Word. It is God inspired. It's a God inspired word or, or a God inspired message. Let's look over at 2 Peter uh, chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1, and we're going to look at verse 21. I'll, I'll start at verse 22. As a matter of fact, and it says this. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of pro- any private interpretation. He says, for prophecy of the Word came not uh, in the old time by the will of man, but by what? But by holy men of God. But holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. It's Second Peter. Uh, I'm sorry. Second Peter, chapter one, verse twenty-one. And then we're going to look at uh, what is it Second Timothy, First Timothy, chapter three. And we'll look at verse. Hold on. Oh, give me one second here. Chapter three. Second uh, Timothy, chapter three. And we'll look at verse sixteen and seventeen. It says, all scripture is God-breathed. Or, all scripture is given by inspiration of God, and is profitable. It's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That the man of God may be perfect, meaning complete, and lacking nothing. May be complete. Thoroughly furnished, meaning lacking nothing unto all good works, Amen. So, understanding that God's word is God breathed, is God indwelt. He's one with His word. He's in His word. Is God inspired? All right, it's a God inspired word and or or message. Okay, and in His in His word, His word it reveals to us the reality of our redemption in Christ Jesus. Our redemption in Christ Jesus. You should say to yourself, I have been redeemed. Amen. I have been redeemed. It reveals to us that we're no longer under a curse. It reveals to us in Galatians chapter 3 and verse 3 13 says, I have been redeemed from the curse of the law. Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. I have been redeemed from the curse of the law. So anything that comes under a curse related, there is no curse that can set itself upon me. I won't allow it because the word tells me it reveals to me that I have been redeemed from all curses. Amen. I have been redeemed. Actually I've been redeemed out of the rule of Satan. Completely and totally ruled out of, uh, 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 uh redeemed out of the rule of Satan, you know, because remember Jesus came, the script John Jesus says, I came that you might have life. He said the thief cometh but for John ten ten. He says the thief cometh but for to steal, kill, and to destroy. But he says I come that you might have life and that you would have it more abundantly. And so we know that some of the things that we see in this life that we live today, they're not abundant living. And I'm not talking about finances. I'm talking about victory. I'm not just talking about finances. I'm talking about victory over all of the plans and all of over all of the schemes and over over all of the strategies that Satan has set against us because the scripture tells us that he has those things set against us over in, in the book of Ephesians chapter 10 that we, that, you know, that we may put on the whole armor of God that we may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. So he has plans and schemes and strategies that are, that are set against us. But thank God we have been redeemed. The word comes to reveal to us that we have been redeemed from from the curse of the law, or we have been redeemed out of the rule of Satan. Okay, and we have, by way of the new birth, not only been redeemed out of the out of the uh, rule of Satan, but by way of the new birth, we were translated into the kingdom of the Son. Of His love, that's what the Scripture tells us. In other words, in other words, that we've been brought into the very family of God. We were translated out of the, uh, out of the. You know, we were we were we were redeemed, uh, the redemption out of the rule of Satan. But we were translated. That that's not all that happened. We were placed into the kingdom of God. Amen that we are now children of God. That we are children of God. We're in his very family. So Satan's dominion over us has ended. And Jesus is our head. Alright? Jesus, the Lord of salvation himself, is now the head over the entire body, or the entire kingdom of God. And we're in that kingdom. Aren't you glad you're in that kingdom? Aren't you glad that you're in his family? see, But what does it mean to be in this family? We should know the moment that we accepted Christ. The moment we should know and understand and this is what the Word comes to reveal to us. That the moment that we accepted Christ as our Savior and confessed Him as our Lord, we were recreated. We were made new. Mm -hmm. In other words, uh, let's look at... uh, 2 Corinthians, chapter 5, verse 17. 2 Corinthians, chapter 5, verse 17. It's one thing for me to say these things to you. It's another thing for you to see them, see it in God's Word, because what are we talking about? We're talking about the integrity of God's Word, which came to reveal reveal these things to us. Glory to God. Okay? 2 Corinthians, chapter 5, verse 17. And it reads this. It says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. In other words, he's a new creation. If any man be in Christ, if we've accepted Christ and received Christ as our Lord and Savior, we are a new creation. Let me tell you something. I hope you're listening to this this morning. And I hope you're listening with the attitude to find out that that the Spirit of God is now speaking to us. And he is now once again doing what the word says it was it would do, and uh, is declaring to us what it said is what it declares. It says to us that it's a revelation from God to us. God wants it reveal to you that you, if you're in Christ Jesus, you are a new creature. Amen. Old things have passed away. Amen. Behold, all things have become new. Now, there are a lot of believers who have been believers for a long time. They say, well, my life looks the same. Well, it's not. Well, it might look the same. You might be experiencing, you know, the things that you always experienced. But if you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I can't go against the word. He says, old things have passed away. Behold, all things have have become new. Mm. But the Word comes, the Word of God comes to reveal to us what actually, that what that mm. actually means. Yes. So that change can come. Yes. So that you can actually experience the changes that have come. So you can experience the things that Christ has redeemed you from and mm. brought you to, translated you what it means to be translated into the kingdom of the Son of His love. Amen? Amen. So, Satan's dominion is over. Jesus is now our head. Let's start with that. Jesus, if you're a born-again believer, you should be able to say to yourself, and if you can't say this to yourself, then I don't know what to tell you. I am a new creature. I have a new life in Christ Jesus. I now have His life, and I now has have His Nature, in other words, because we should know the moment we accepted Christ as our Savior and confessed Him mm. as our Lord, we were recreated mm. and we have the very nature and mm. the very life of God. Mm. One of the biggest problems is when believers don't know that mm. you now have the nature of God and you have the life of God. Well, I'm mm. still living according to my... Well, you shouldn't live according mm. to your own nature. You just don't know and recognize... As a reality, that description tells us in Romans chapter six that that sin shall not dominate us anymore. Mm. In other words, Satan has no more dominion over us. Mm. Glory Sickness be to God. Sickness and disease should not dominate us anymore. Glory they are a direct result of the old life, but we now have the new life. You see, imagine if people could really mm. get a hold of that, believe that, and see that to get that revelation that the world is trying people would get healed instantly they would get healed laying on their sick bed they would get healed in their car they would get healed on their own because they've got a revelation that when jesus when the word says that that uh uh, that that he himself bore our sins in his own in his own body on a tree that we being dead to sin in other words sin has no more power over us we have nothing to do with sin. It has nothing in us. We have nothing in sin. Mm. Uh, uh, being dead to sin should live unto righteousness, which we're going to talk about in a minute, by whose stripes we are healed. We were healed. If we could see the we were healed, why were we, how were we healed? Because we, old things have passed away. All things have become new. We have a new life in Christ Jesus. Mm. We have a life in Christ Jesus. And then we can ask ourselves, is Jesus sick? Mm. Mm. Is Jesus lacking any good thing? Mm. It says we have his life and we have his nature. As a matter of fact, over in Romans chapter 8, verse 16, it says that the Spirit bears witness with our spirit. Why? Because the old man's passed away and all things is new. When the Spirit looks, it sees something new. It sees himself. It sees the life and nature of God on the inside. Mm. So therefore, it sees victory. We have been redeemed from the old and we have been translated into the new. This is what the Word of God came to reveal to us. Mm. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Mm, Glory, glory, glory. You see, the Word came to reveal to us that God is now our Father. That Mm. God is now my Father. If you notice that, you'll always see Him... The majority of the time you see him presented as Father. As a matter of fact, let me take a journey over to the book of John real quick and let's look at a couple of things. And I'm I think I'm gonna go into John chapter seventeen and I'm gonna start I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I'm gonna start here and I'm gonna see how Jesus spoke. You see, because I wanna talk like I wanna speak like Jesus speaks. Mm. I wanna find out how the New Testament, the new, the newly created believers spoke. So why not start with Jesus? Because the scripture says he was the firstborn from that day. Mm-hmm. Mm. And so he says here, Jesus is praying in John chapter 17, and this is the way he prays. Oh my goodness, this is a long prayer. <laughs> but I'm going to start at verse 8, and I'm going to pray. And I... and. And I want you to stay with me here. I'll start at verse 7. He says, Now they have known that all things whatsoever you have given me are of you. For I have given given unto them the words which you gave to me, and they have received them. And have known surely that I came out from you, and they have believed that thou didst send me. So this is what he says. I pray for them. I pray not for the world. Now, this is Jesus speaking. I mean, He says, "I pray not for the world, but for them which you have given me, for they are thine." In other words, you've given them to me; they are yours, and all mine are thine, and thine are mine, and I am glorified in them. Let me tell you something. I, I mentioned this to, I mentioned this to a brother today. Uh, you know, our lives should always bring. God glory. It should always bring Jesus glory. Amen. Our lives. Because when folks look, if I have his life in nature, they should see Jesus Christ. Amen. They should see victory. They should see when things come my way, I'm not moved by what I see. I'm not moved. That I'm not of this kingdom. That I've been translated into the kingdom of God. According to His Word. Mm. According to the redemptive work of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Glory to God, this is good to me. Let's see what He said. And He says, and verse 11, And now I am no more in the world. Watch this. But these are in the world, and I come to thee, Holy Father, keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one, that they may be one even as we are. Now, this is before Jesus went to the cross. Now, stay with me. Look at how He prays. Glory to God. He says, while I was with them in the world, I kept them in Thy name. Those that Thou gave me, I have kept and None of them is lost. And boy, I'll tell you, as you read into into this, you see. But the son of perdition that the Scripture might be fulfilled, And now I come to thee, and these things I speak in the world, that they may, I'm sorry, that they might have my joy, that they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. So the joy that Jesus has, he expects us to have. Well, no, he's talking about the disciples. Stick around a second. And I have given them thy words, and the world have hated them. Because they are not of the world. Every believer should be able to see that they you are not of the world. But some of us can't get out of the world because we can only see things according to the flesh and not according to the reality of God's Word. And God wants us to see according to His Word. We need to know that He... Now, Jesus said, I didn't say it. And he said, I pray that thou should take them out of the world and that they should keep them from evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Now see, here's the thing. Most of us see, look at that scripture. Say, well, see, he's going to take us out of the world. He's already taken us out of the world. Even more so, even before this, why? Because Jesus hadn't died yet. But now he's passed away. And now he's risen. And we have what kind of life? Resurrected life. So that means we're not of the world. And he says, and then he says here, sanctify them through thy truth. What is his truth? He said his word is truth. Why wouldn't I believe in his word? Why wouldn't I trust his word? Why wouldn't I take him at his word? We're talking about the integrity of the word. And thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I also sent them into the world. And for their sakes I sanctify myself, that they also might be sanctified through thy truth. Neither for I neither I pray for these alone, so not just his disciples here, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word, to what they believe, what they confess. Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior. Jesus Christ died, and He rose again for me and for you. That's our profession, that's our confession, that He is our Lord, that they all may be one as, that they all may be one as Thou, Father, in me, and I in thee, and they also may be one, and they also may be one, and they also may be one, that the world may believe that You have sent me. See, we should look so much like Jesus today. The church, the body of Christ should look so much like Jesus today that it is undeniable that Jesus Christ is Lord. And how's the world going to know that? By the way that we as believers love one another. Praise God. But we as believers that have died to our old rotten, stinking, condemning opinions and have come into the mind of and put on the mind of Christ. That we see and we hear and we believe. The way that He see, hears, and believes. That we speak the way that He speaks. That we pray the way that He prays. He only prayed the will of the Father. And so He says, let's keep going. And He says, that they all may be one Is Okay, and verse 22. And the glory which Thou gave me, I have given them that they may be one, even as we are one. Let me tell you something right now. If we keep focusing on laws, on sin, then that's going to be your focus. And that's how we're going to decide. You're going to determine what's good and what's evil. You're not going to determine what's good or what's evil based on the reality of Jesus Christ. Evil's evil. Period. But the good, God is good. Jesus has the life of God We have the life of Jesus Christ, so we are good. Other believers, regardless of, no matter what they look like, they're still good. Mm -hmm. Because they have the life and the nature of God. We should change the way we see things, not according to our own opinion, but according to God's opinion, God's view, and God's reality. In other words, God's glory. Okay? And then it says here in verse twenty. Uh, Three. Uh, I'll read in 23. He says, I and them, and you and me, that they may be perfect or complete in one. We are complete, perfected. Everything that we need, have, want, should ever need, have, want, is in Him. Perfected in Him. That the world may know that Thou hast sent me. And has loved them as thou have loved me. Now remember, he was talking about his disciples. But he said, neither I pray for these alone, verse 20, but for them also, which shall believe on me through their word. So he's always talking about every one of us that are believers. Everyone who's received Jesus Christ as I, uh, as, I'm sorry, has received Jesus Christ as Lord. He said, show them that you love them as you love me. Not any ounce more, not an ounce less. When God put, you know, there's this thing that people seem to think, you know, and this is a part of religion, people seem to think that God's got to teach them a lesson or God's got to put something on them so they can exercise their faith. Well, that's kind of crazy because if He took it off of you, if if he separated you from those things, and then, mm-hmm. then why would he want to put those things on you? Don't you think that his son is enough? Amen. Jesus Christ is more than enough Amen. to meet every need, or to answer uh, every one of our weaknesses. Amen. To love, to his love and his forgiveness, and to his grace. In other words, we have his grace. We have his. We have his, his grace on our behalf, His ability, His capacity, His strength. He gives us His grace to strengthen us so that we can live and look like Him. So do we, His grace means when we accept His grace, it simply means that we recognize that we can do nothing of ourselves, but we need Him every step of the way. Mm. We need every ounce of His ability and His power to live in this life that He has given to us through His Son, Jesus Christ. Mm. Amen. I don't understand how people think God will put sickness on somebody. He said it's the thief that cometh to steal and to kill and destroy. He says, I come that you might have life and that you would have it more abundantly, that you would have an abundant life. And in, in other words, that you would that you would be able to live as though in the kingdom here, because we know there are limitations mm-hmm. here. But, when, but we would be able to live a victorious life in Christ Jesus. That's why right. when people preach that 23rd Psalm, verse 4, for a funeral, it just goes all through me. I mean, some of y'all probably got funerals you're going to in the near future. I hope not, you know. Some of y'all, you know, almost, I think 90% of the funerals that I've been to, they're talking about you know, they, they'll use that verse, yeah, though i walk through the valley in the shadow of death. Listen, we live in the valley in the shadow of death. Remember, we're in this world, but we're not of this world. This is the valley in the shadow of death. Why? Because death rules in this domain. But it doesn't rule over you and me. It's death and the results of death, spiritual death, rule in this world. This is what the Word came to reveal to us. But it doesn't rule over you and me. No, the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He restores my soul. Glory to God. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness. Why? Because I have been made righteous. I am made righteous through Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. He is my righteousness. Turn to Romans chapter 3 verse 26. Romans three twenty six. So let's look at the scriptures and see what they have to say. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. Romans chapter three verse twenty six. And it says here. Oh my! God, glory to God. That's it, right? Romans three twenty six. And it says here. To declare, I say at this time his righteousness, that he might be just, and the justifier of him, which does what? Which believeth in Jesus. Just means righteous. Justified. Righteous. Upright. Righteous. He says, to declare, I say at this time, his righteousness, God's righteousness, that he might be just, righteous, and the justifier, the one who makes others righteous, those who believe in Jesus Christ. That's you and me, glory to God. Oh, glory to God. That we have been made righteous with His righteousness. Let's look at First Corinthians chapter one, verse thirty, really quick here. First Corinthians chapter one and verse thirty. Let's let's go ahead and lay it out here. Thank you, Holy Spirit. First Corinthians chapter one and verse uh, thirty. It says here, it says, uh, but of him, oh, glory to God. Let me back up because I like this. Verse 27. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. You know all you brainiacs out there that know everything? (laughs) Confound the wise. And God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. And base things of the world, and the things which are despised, God have chosen. Yes, the things which are despised, God has chosen. And the things which are not, to bring to naught things that are, in other words, His natural realm. That no flesh should glory in His presence. But of Him are you in Christ Jesus, who of God... Who of God has made unto us wisdom, he's our wisdom, and righteousness, he's our righteousness, our sanctification, and our redemption. Glory to God, mm. brothers and sisters, do you understand who, where we are? Mm. Do you understand who we are? Do you understand that you need to know, and even though you don't feel it, you don't mm. see it yet, that you are complete in him. Amen. Hey. And the word of God was sent to reveal that to you. Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> we have been made righteous. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says this. He who knew no sin was made to be sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. In other words, we were sinners, we had a sin nature and a sinful life, we owed a debt to sin, but there was nothing we could do about it. But God sending His Son to be made sin for us, that our debt could be paid, so that He could pay a debt that we couldn't pay for ourselves. Mm. That He would take what we had that he would pay pay for it, that he would shed his blood for us so that we could have his righteousness. Oh my goodness. Glory be to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. And this is what the world is. you see, when we don't know and understand these things, it's either because we haven't been taught these things, we haven't gone down that path, or we haven't believed these things. Mm. In other words, when you, when you know, when you see the Word, you hear the Word, and you don't believe the Word, you don't trust the integrity of God's Word or God's integrity Himself. That's not who we are. We need to know it because we believe it. He wants you to know, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19, He wants you to know that He has made of our bodies His dwelling place. He's no longer in a temple. If you're looking for Him, you will believe. I'm going to show you right where He is. First Corinthians chapter six, and we're going to look verse 19. Verse 19 says, "Here, know you not?" He says, "What?" I like this. Paul did something. He says, "What?" Well, he talks about what we shouldn't be doing with our bodies before that. So let's just look at that. But he that, in verse 17, but he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. How will we join unto the Lord? Through Jesus Christ. Not through our flesh. Not through our works. Not through anything other than through believing on Jesus Christ Mm -hmm. as our Lord and Savior. Amen Amen and amen. It had nothing to do with us but everything to do with Jesus Christ. Everything to do with the love of God. Everything to do with Christ's obedience to the will of God and everything to do with his death, burial, and his resurrection, and everything to do with us receiving what he has done for us and receiving him as Savior. Alright, so he tells you to plead fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body, uh doeth is without the body, but he that committed fornication Sin against his own body. Your body is a special place. Mm. What do you mean it's a special place? <laughs> What? What? Know you not that your body is the temple Mm. of the Holy Ghost in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own? You were bought with a price. Your body is something special. Your body shouldn't be defeated. Your body is something special because you're the carrier of the life of God. You have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. You are the temple. It's no longer in a box. It's no longer in an ark. It's no longer in the the temple. In the temple that took billions of dollars to build. No, no. God loves you so much. You have become so one with Him when you accepted Jesus Christ. When you were found in Christ Jesus. That He has set up camp in you. And in me. Boy, it don't get no better than that. And I know your natural mind's having a hard time believing it, but when you open up your heart, you see, the Word of God didn't come to tickle the natural mind. It didn't come to rest in your soul. It came to bring your soul in subjection to your spirit. The Word came to live in your heart so that you would learn to live and receive all of these things. You would receive His Word. This knowing that it talks about is knowing in your heart the reality the reality of God's Word, and what He has done for you and I through His Son, Jesus Christ. But He says here, Know you not that you are your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, You have which you have of God, and you're not your own. For you are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So as long as God's Spirit is on the inside of you, your body belongs to God. When his spirit, when he decides his spirit leaves him, then that body will go back to the earth, ashes to ashes and dust to dust. But that spirit is alive unto God eternally. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. You have been, you are risen with him. Glory to God. I love it when it says, it says, uh, We've been buried with Him in baptism and we've risen with Him in the newness of life. Glory to God. Once we became one with Him, He was immersed in us. We accepted Jesus Christ. Hallelujah! We were buried with Him and we have risen with Him in the newness of life. Now let's look at another page. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 4. First John chapter 4 and verse 4. Glory to God, I'm telling you. 1 John chapter 4. And verse 4, he says this of you. Um, that's verse 3. He says this of you and I. He says, you are of God, little children. I know sometimes you don't feel like it. Heck, man, sometimes I don't feel like it. I have to get back lined up. I have to go back. I have to repent. In other words, I have to get my mind. I have to make sure I change my mind for the things I might be thinking on or whatever's occupying my, and I have to go back to the reality of God's Word. I have to recognize the integrity of His Word, that His Word is true and His reality. And here in His Word He says that you are of God, Marlo, that you are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Why? Not because you're so great within yourself. No. But because greater is He that is in you that He That is in the world. This is what God's word declares. This is what it reveals to your heart and to my heart. That we have the greater one on the inside of us. We're overcomers. We overcome because he overcame and we received his life. We have his nature and he lives and dwells on the inside of us. Man, I'll tell you, somebody's going to get healed just knowing that today. Somebody's going to talk to their body and say, you have no right to act like this and to Praise be like God. this. I command you to line up because I have the life and nature of God on the inside of me. You are yet but flesh, but you belong to God as long as 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 long as the Spirit of God, as long as my Spirit is in you. Well, what are you talking about? Well, I'll go back to Romans 8, 11. It says that the Spirit, um, let me read it. Really quick, Romans 8, 11, so I'm cross it up. Romans chapter 8, verse 11, the Spirit, uh, verse 11 says, But if the Spirit of Him that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He that raised Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by His Spirit that dwells in you. In other words, it will make it alive unto the Spirit and not unto the curse, not unto this world system, not unto the flesh, the flesh, the flesh, Without God, no. It'll make it alive unto God. You know today, if you can make that your reality, you can get healed right there in your bed. You can get healed in your car. You can get healed in your backyard. You can get healed in your chair. You can get healed going down the road. You can get healed anywhere. Once that becomes a reality in your heart, He can do it. He said, remember... If, if he said you can speak the mountains, if you believe the mountains are move, he didn't lie about that. Well, that's metaphorically speaking. You call, right, a whole lot of people won't get healed because, of, because they don't believe that it's real. Won't get delivered. When we've already been delivered. I'm going to show you something else too. Romans chapter 8, verse 26. You want to perfect your prayer life? Get a hold of this. In verse 26 here, because when you would, in your natural space, a lot of times we want to impose our will, or we want to uh, pray. When we're praying, we don't always pray the word of God. We start adding things that may not necessarily be in the word of God, or we may get selfish. But look over here in Romans chapter 8, verse 26. And if you don't know about this, we're well, we going. We go through this on our Bible study last uh, Wednesday night a couple of weeks ago. It says, Likewise, the Spirit, the Saint Spirit, helps our infirmities, our weaknesses, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself makes intercession for us which groanings which cannot be uttered. Alright? And he that searches the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit because he, the Spirit, makes intercession for us. Listen to this. He makes intercession for us, for the saints, according to God, or according to the will of God, or according to the Word of God, because His Word is His will. You want to know what the will of God is? Look in His Word. If you don't really know what the will of God is then you can pray in the Spirit. But you've got to understand what praying in the Spirit is. A lot of people like today, praying in the Spirit, it says with groanings which cannot be uttered. In other words, if you allow allow him to pray in the Spirit, if you're filled with the Spirit of God, he'll pray on the inside of you. He'll pray with groanings, with things that you can't understand. And it's good you can't understand them, because if you could understand them, you'd mess them up. Because he's always going to pray according to the will of God. He's helping you to pray. Man, I tell you, I believe people should start off praying in tongues. Because this is talking about tongues. It's talking about your prayer. Like Paul says, I pray in tongues more than you all. That's a whole other story. But I'm telling you, he's, this is part of what the Word reveals to us. That we would pray in the Spirit. That we would be more reliant on Him. We'd be less opinionated. we stop praying selfishly. But we would learn to pray according to the will of God. He says, I'll help you. He says, I'll help you. Glory to God. And then I got two more things I want to share. He wants you to know that He wants us to have fellowship with Him. Go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Let's look at verse 9. He's created you and I to have fellowship with Him. Amen? Verse 9. God is faithful by whom you were called unto the fellowship of His Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. You were called. Do you know what a privilege it is to be called unto fellowship with Him. Let's look at something here. So many of us when we think of God, we see Him way out there somewhere. We see Him in, in a distance. God, oh God up in heaven, we don't talk about the God, the greater one on the inside of us. If you understand Christ in you and you being in Christ, if you understand what the scripture tells us, that, that, that we are his temple, our bodies are the temple of the Holy Ghost that he lives and dwells on, then you can understand how you can have fellowship with him. And you'll be excited about it. I can, I can fellowship I can fellowship with God. You can fellowship with God better than you can with your spouse. Or anybody else. Yes, he called us. The scripture says, read it again. God God is faithful by whom you, brothers and sisters, were called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, let's go look at 1 John chapter 1, verse 34. 1 John chapter 1 and verse 34. Let's look at this. Oops. I think I wrote that down. Wrong. Maybe it's John one thirty-four. I apologize. Yeah, John one thirty-four. I said first. Well, we were called into fellowship with him. Let me, see. Let me make sure I got it right. No, I don't know why I wrote that down wrong. But we have, Scripture tells us that we have joint fellowship with him. Um a second Hang on one second. Don't go away. Stay it out. Well I, I can't I don't I can't find it. Oh no I didn't. I'm sorry. I just wrote it wrong. It's first John chapter one verses three and four. Here we go. I knew that. First John chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. Right here. Glory to God. I'll, I'll tell you what, I'm going to read the first three verses. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled, of the word of life. For the life was manifested, and we have seen it, and bear witness, and show unto you that eternal life. Watch this which was with the Father and was manifested unto us. Watch this, verse 3. That which we have seen and heard, declare we unto you, that you also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. That we have joint fellowship with believers, with the Father God and with His Son, Jesus Christ. And with the blessed Holy Spirit, He called us to fellowship. So, understanding and realizing the integrity of God's Word. These are the things that He wants us to offer. Look, He already knows about sin. He's talking to believers. It's a love letters to believers. And we know we shouldn't be dabbling in sin. And we know what sin is. Anything that brings a conviction in your heart, it ain't. I'll tell you right now, you get convicted. I'm telling you right now, it ain't right. Okay. But we need to see and understand who we are, who we become. We need to fall. If you want to change, if you want to, if you want to stop the things you've been doing, if you want to get better, it. You know, I can give you more laws all day long. The, the, not me, but you can give this 613 biblical laws, and man, it's, it wasn't. It was so much. They couldn't. They needed a savior. The same Savior that saved you and me, they needed a Savior. We have a Savior that wants us to fall in love with Him. To know Him as Lord and Savior. To know that He lives and dwells on the inside of us. To know that He is the Great one, greater is He that is in me than He that is in the world. To know and understand that, he is, that he, He's redeemed us, that we've been redeemed. That we've been made new, to know that he has put old things away and all things have become new to us. These are the things that he wants you to focus on. Why? Because you'll fall in love with him. And when we fall in love with him, the way he is in love with us, all these other things will be locked down. There'll be nothing will be more important than your relationship. And your fellowship and your dependency on Him, uh, calling on His grace, the victory that He's won to be so beautiful to you, anything that would deny that victory from blessing your life, you won't receive it. I'll tell you, I love, you go back to the Old Testament, it says, what does that scripture say? It says, no weapon formed against me shall prosper, not no weapon formed against me shall prosper. And every tongue that will rise against me in judgment, I shall cast it down. In other words, everything that comes against me that would keep me from the, from the, the blessing of the redemptive work of Jesus Christ, I can call it down. I can cast it down because I have the name of Jesus who has defeated. He's given, last but not least, he has given us his name. All of the power and all of the authority of the kingdom of God is in His name. I have the name of Jesus. I call the Lord of salvation is none greater. Hallelujah. Well, glory to God. I hope you were blessed today. I'm on fire right now. i tell you, oh, what the devil means to evil. God always turns to good. I hope you were blessed today. I'm telling you, if there's someone out here today watching this video... And you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior. You're here for a reason. Today is your day. He's t- He's tugging on your heart. He's saying, "All you got to do is receive me." All oh, the God the Father says, "I have sent my Son. I so loved you that I sent my only begotten Son." And if you'll just believe, whosoever service you'll believe will believe with him. If you'll just believe, you'll have everlasting life. I will give you this life that the pastor's talking about today. By the Holy Spirit, I will give you this life if you receive my son. He says, if you confess with your mouth, Romans 10, 9 and 10, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, if you just believe in your heart that I raised him from the dead for you, if you would know this day that what Jesus did for you, that the blood that he shed for you, that on the cross he died for you to pay for all the sin that you committed, past, present, future, all of a sudden, He's already paid for it. He's saying, "All you have, you can receive it. You can receive your forgiveness. You can receive redemption right now. If you just receive my son, Jesus Christ, into your Lord. Just call Jesus. Father God, I thank you for Jesus. I believe the word preached today. I believe you're calling me into your kingdom today. And I know that I come into your kingdom through accepting Jesus Christ. I believe that He died for me. And I believe that He rose again. I believe He shed His blood for me. I realize that without that, I cannot receive eternal life, that I cannot receive, uh, that I cannot be forgiven without it. I accept You, Jesus, as my Lord and my Savior. Come into my heart. Live on the inside of me. Have Your way in my life. And I pray this, Just, just I pray this in Jesus' name. If you may pray that prayer today, you only got one thing to do right now. You got a couple of things. Well, the most important thing is just thank God. Just begin to thank Him because by thanking Him, what you're saying is that you actually believe what you just prayed. That you have, you have come to the end of yourself and you need a Savior. And so you just, you're just you just thanking Him for what He's done for you and through Jesus Christ. And you're recognizing that He loves you. And then I would say that, I don't know where you're located. If you're located locally, we're right here at 7643 Hull Street Road. We meet here every Sunday morning at 1045. And you're welcome to join us. But I believe, but I'll tell you, wherever you are, that you need to be in a Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church. A, a, a church that teaches Jesus, that puts Him out front and teaches Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, teaches that Jesus is the Son of the living God, that He is the true King of kings and Lord of lords, and that He will, uh, by that you will learn, and you will begin to mature and to grow up, because if you're born again, you didn't start walking when you were born in the natural, you're now born in the Spirit, and you need to be developed. This life that you have on the inside of you needs to be developed in your everyday life. So we thank you all for joining us. And there's no reason that you shouldn't be blessed if you're a believer or if you became a believer today. Expect blessing. Expect to be blessed, but only believe. Have a wonderful day. Have a wonderful, prosperous, fruitful life. Let uh fruitful week. Let your life bring glory to God. Amen.